Welcome to the Glojo Podcast. I'm your host, Leanne Kalal, and every week I'll be sharing thought-provoking, soul-soothing, and inspiring conversations from personal stories to insider tips and tricks. At the Glojo, you can always find what you need when you need it most. This is permission. Permission to be you, permission to be messy, permission to feel all the feels. So what do you say? Let's do this together. I'll see you in the Glojo. Hello and welcome to the Glojo. I'm your host, Leanne Kalal, and I have such a special episode lined up for you today. I don't like to play favorites because to be honest, I love every week. I'm like, oh my God, this is my favorite. And so I have multiple favorites, but I will just say there is something so special about the conversation that I had with the wonderful, inspiring Coop Blackson. The minute you meet this man, you just know that there is something so special about who he is and the work that he is here to do. His presence is just, yeah, it's pretty freaking magical. And so I think that it is extremely appropriate that his new book that he just launched, just released, is called The Magic of Surrender, Finding the Courage to Let Go. Because let's be honest, it does take courage to let go. We are often much more comfortable with being uncomfortable, if that makes sense. And what I mean by that is we're much more comfortable living in the known because it's predictable, because we know what to expect. And it can be really scary and intimidating and vulnerable to let go of what we know, because what we know, at least maybe we don't love it, but at least we know it. We're not going to get any surprises. And so his book, I'm not done it yet. And it's because I keep re-listening. I've re-listened to so many of the chapters. Honestly, this is like a modern day Bible. It is my Glojo Bible. Before we head into the interview today, I want to take a minute to officially introduce Coop Blackson to you. So he is a beloved, inspirational speaker, and he is a true transformational teacher. And I say true because I feel like over the years, I've met a lot of transformational teachers who, let's just say they don't necessarily walk their talk. This man is truth. He is living his truth. He speaks at countless events that he organizes all around the world. And he also speaks at incredible events that are organized by other people, including AFEST, YPO, that's the Young Presidents Organization, EO, Entrepreneurs Organization. And he's also a member of the Transformational Leadership Council. This is a select group of 100 of the world's foremost authorities in personal development. He was the winner of 2019 Unity New Thought Walden Award. And he has a powerful mission, simple, but powerful. His mission is to awaken and inspire people across the planet to access inner freedom, to live authentically and fulfill their true life's purpose. I'm going to share a quick sneak peek of what's to come in this conversation. It'll be hard to keep it quick because there's so many amazing things. Coot talks about the steps to surrendering. He talks about the stages of surrendering. He talks about acceptance and how that does not necessarily equal surrendering. We talk about letting go. We talk about grief. And we talk about the magic of surrender, as the book says. 
and how we actually really start to move into flow. So I am just so damn excited for you to listen to this interview. So I'm going to stop talking. Let's head on over into the Glojo and I'll see you on the other side. This is a good one. Enjoy. So Coot, welcome to the Glojo. It is so amazing to have you here today. Great to be here. I've been really looking forward. Yeah, awesome. Well, I'm looking forward to it as well. And I'm so excited to talk to you about your new book, The Magic of Surrender. So, oh yeah, you've got your copy too. (laughs) I have it on Audible. I've got this copy. Honestly, I've never listened to a prologue that is that interesting and so full of value. I'm like, wow, this is going to be a good book. There's so much juice (laughs) just in this first little bit. Love the intro. I think I've listened to the first chapter three times. And I feel like this book is what I need to hear right now. For everyone listening, his book is called The Magic of Surrender, Finding the Courage to Let Go. I want to talk about what is the magic of surrender, the Mm. concept of surrendering, Mm. letting go, and the role that the ego plays in all of this. Because the ego is so damn tricky. But I love that you say it's about shifting our relationship to the ego. For everyone Mm. listening, if this is a new concept, it's not like, put your hands up. (laughs) I surrender. (laughs) I've been caught red-handed. I've done something bad. That's not what we're talking about here. Yeah. Uh, yeah. You know, there's this idea in our culture that surrender is negative. Surrender is bad. Surrender is weak. Surrender is kind of giving your power away to other people. That if we surrender, that it's passive. That if you surrender, Mm -hmm. you won't manifest your dreams, your goals, desires, you're going to be homeless, you're going to be broke, or shit's going to fall apart. Yeah. You know, you're going to have to be homeless, live in the Himalayas, you know, this whole idea of surrender of as being not positive. And so I wanted to reframe the idea of surrender for the modern day, the new generation. And uh, for me, I realized that I think surrender is the most powerful thing we can do. We tend to Mm -hmm. surrender when we've tried everything else and it hasn't worked. As a last resort, we finally say, okay, I'm going to surrender. And so for me, surrender is when we let go of trying to control everything about our lives, let Mm -hmm. go of trying to force life to be what we think it should be and imposing our limited sort of ego's will on life, on relationships, on our career, on everything. To surrender is when we stop trying to manipulate life and sort of negotiate with life. To surrender, I think, is when we let go of the idea of who we think we should be, the idea of the life we think we should be living, the idea of what we think a relationship should be so that we can actually open ourselves to be available, Mm -hmm. truly available to what it is that's actually seeking to happen. You know, what it is that's actually seeking to reveal itself. And in so many ways, I think we're a culture that we've been addicted to control. Control to me is like the master addiction. We try to control our thoughts in meditation. We try to control God in prayer. We try to control our parents. We try to control how we're perceived on social media. We try Mm -hmm. to control our spouse, our loved ones, our boyfriend, girlfriend, our goldfish. I mean, we try to control everything in our lives. And I think if we really look at it, how does it really work for us? You know, mm-hmm. and does it really bring us joy? Does it really bring us fulfillment? Does it really, it tends to lead to stress, anxiety, fatigue. I mean, it's burnout. It's exhausting. Yeah. And so for me, it's like the idea of through surrender, we open. We open to more than what we can truly even imagine with our minds. And I think then we're truly mm-hmm. available to, to magic and we're truly available to grace. I think at, at some point, 
all of the great ones, the truly great ones, Jesus, Buddha, Bruce Lee, Muhammad Ali, Gandhi, Bob Marley, Mother Teresa, GFK, man, those that we truly consider great, they weren't great because they were necessarily wealthy or good looking or any of those things, traditionally what we think of, but they were great because I think at some point they had to let go of their idea. They had to let go to, to life, to something bigger than themselves. Mm -hmm. And they, in the surrender, they were able to allow life to live them and express through them and create mm -hmm. through them. And look what happened. I mean, they, they moved the world. And so for me, the idea is if you want more magic, like what if you surrender and you didn't get less, but you got more. And so if you want more, then surrender is the key. Mm, I love that. There's so yeah. much there. I know. I think it's so common for us to want to hold on to things and it's difficult to let go because we're afraid we're going to lose something. Yeah. But like you said, when you let go, that's when you realize how much is waiting for you and the actual truth of what's waiting for you and what's aligned with your soul, not what we think we want. Exactly. Many times we set goals and dreams and desires and like we're told, know what you want. Okay, be mm -hmm. specific with what you want. It's all great and well. But I think in many ways, the old paradigm of living and manifestation is an old ego-based model that is actually mm -hmm. limited. doesn't mean you can't will your way through life or manifest with will and intention a great life. But I think in so many ways, we get so attached to what we think we want that we end up limiting the more we end up limiting, we end up putting mm -hmm. limits on life that we're not even aware of. And so I, what I found is you might get everything you thought you wanted, but in moments, maybe you've had this experience where mm -hmm. you got what you thought you wanted only to realize, yeah. wait, wait a second, is, 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 this, is this it? And so often what we think we want is only what we think we want or thought we wanted based on who we thought we were. Mm -hmm. But if we're not really in touch with who we really are, our true essence, our true mm -hmm. authentic nature, if we're not truly listening to the depth of our being, our soul, what, it, what we're really here to express, our true desire and intention, then our goals, our dreams, our desires will often be a projection of our ego or our mind, which is based on the conditioning of our past, our childhood, our wounds. You know, dad wasn't around, mom wasn't around, we felt not enough, we felt unworthy. So now we're projecting into the future, oh, if I can make a gazillion dollars, if I can have that body, if I can buy that car, if I can be famous, then I'm going to finally be enough. So our goals aren't even necessarily authentic expressions of what we truly want of our soul. And so for me, the question shifts from what do I want, which is the sort of traditional way of goal setting and living life. What do I want? Mm -hmm. Now I'm going to like bulldoze and willpower my way through to manifesting that too. What I'm actually inviting in the magic of surrender, the consideration mm -hmm. is really feeling what is it that life wants mm -hmm. to express through me? I know I've had the moments of where I do feel like life is flowing through me and I'm aligned mm -hmm. and magic truly does happen. And oftentimes it's when I've traveled Yes. And when I'm like, I'm going to fly to India and only book my first night. And then I'm going to go with the flow and see what happens. And it's this right. magical experience. And that happened in South America as well. Now, for me sitting here, when I have my business and I have these <laughs> creative ideas and this inspiration, and I know what I want to do, or I think I know what I want to do, it's easier said than done. It's one of those concepts where it's like, okay, that sounds amazing. I understand it. Sometimes I can 
align with that. But I think that so often in life when we're one excited about something, we are feeling called to do something and motivated. But then let's say we still have our sprinklings of our conditioning and our past and the goals that we're striving for because those are the goals that we think we should be striving for. And so what advice do you have for people? How can we start to untangle and really start to just connect? With what's within and align and connect and then <laughs> and then just like clear out so we can receive and let it flow and be with what wants to come through. Yeah, yeah. In many ways, we are conditioned. How can we connect? There is something I will say. But I think if people just, even in the consideration, if you really look at some of the, you mentioned it, like some of the best things that happened to us, mm-hmm. Maybe meeting the love of your life, maybe the best journey, or maybe meeting your business partner. I mean, some of these incredible things that happened to us in our life that were pivotal, monumental, life-changing moments. We didn't plan those for the mm-hmm. most part. They just happened because we were living life or just going in a direction true. that we were, we were in the process of living what we felt called to live genuinely. Mm-hmm. Things happen synchronistically, spontaneously. And so if we were to look at, wow, the best things in life just happen without trying to force it or control it. I mm-hmm. think that's something to look at. One thing I would say, if someone's feeling a little stuck in some way, I think one of the ways that we stay stuck is because in many ways we are constantly lying to ourselves mm-hmm. and constantly not telling the truth to ourselves about what we really, really want, about mm-hmm. what we really, really feel, about what's really true. So one place I would invite folks to start as just as a beginning, as a step to surrender. You don't have to like <laughs> sell everything and move to India tomorrow, right? It's like, ah, that's a little scary. But just begin by acknowledging, okay, maybe you're in a relationship and you've been in it for 20 years, 10 years, five years, however long it is. And the truth is you're no longer in love and it's no longer aligned. And it's no longer right. And deep down, you know it, but you're terrified and it's scary because what will people think? Or you've invested so much time into it or you're feeling kind of guilty of hurting the other person. But in your heart, you know, it's not aligned, but we kind of, you know, we lie to ourselves. It's Mm -hmm. fine. It's okay. They've got potential. So even just surrendering by saying, you know what? I don't have to take action. I don't have to put the pressure on myself and the fear of taking action. But just beginning to acknowledge the truth Mm -hmm. of what you feel in your heart is a step to surrender and saying, okay, I surrender to just telling myself the truth about what I really, really feel in my relationship and feel that. Mm -hmm. Or maybe you're working a job or a career that maybe you're successful, maybe you're making tons of money, but inside you feel empty inside because you know deep down this is no longer fulfilling is not bringing you joy, is not the reason for why your soul was put on the planet and there is an inkling of something more. But many times we stay in a job that we hate or don't love or we don't feel alive in because it's comfortable. You know, we've created success. Mm-hmm. We know what it is. And so we say, so surrender might be just the willingness to say, you know what? I'm not happy. The truth is, without judgment, without even pressure of taking action, the truth is I'm no longer happy in my job. And that's the truth. That is the truth. I'm going to be with the truth, sit with the truth, acknowledge the truth, and feel the truth. So Mm -hmm. I would ask everyone to sit with what lies are you telling yourself? Mm -hmm. Just acknowledge that in many ways. And then maybe the second question would be, what am I pretending to not know? Because in many ways, we are constantly pretending. Like, Uh you know, 
uh, I'm confused. I don't know. I'm not sure. I'm not sure. But, but deep down, we know there is a part of us that has a feeling. Third thing I'd ask people to think about is what are the lies that I'm telling myself? What is it costing me? Because in many ways, we feel pain. Someone might be asking themselves, but how do I know if I'm lying to myself, if I'm lying to myself? Because typically you will feel some layer or levels of pain within yourself, within your heart, within your body. To me, when we feel the pain, pain is actually a beautiful thing. Pain is a signal. Pain is feedback. Pain is often feedback that there's something you're not acknowledging, there's something you're not being honest about, and something inside of you is not truly aligned, is off, right? And what we tend to do when we feel that pain is we're a culture that we tend to deny the pain. We drink it away, we sex it away, we drug it away, we, we social media it away, we Netflix mm-hmm. it away, we shop it away, we, whatever it is so that we don't have to feel the pain, but that just keeps us stuck. So if we can then begin to just get into, like, okay, I'm in a job that I don't love or I hate my job or it's not a line, just feel that. And then feel the pain, whatever level of pain that, that brings up, maybe subtle pain, maybe sad, but just feel it and be with it. And I think something starts happening when we can get into a relationship with that pain and not numb it. When we deny the pain, we tend to get depressed. Mm-hmm. When we deny the pain, we will sometimes feel exhausted and tired. When we deny the pain, it might lead to a sort of an energetic blockage that we will create. Let's say that energy will manifest in our life as drama or some sort of things not flowing. Or we will attract people into our lives that will act out the pain that we're actually not truly acknowledging and they'll manifest it for us. Or we will tend to manifest that suppressed pain that we're not acknowledging in some form of maybe physical ailment or illness or disease in some way. And so I think one of the most important things we can begin doing is tell the truth and feel the truth. And then that begins a process inside that will often lead to, because we're not numbing ourselves from it, that will often lead to a next action step in terms of, okay, what, what actions can I start taking? And so I think it's so important, you know, uh, yeah. that's where people can maybe begin. I love that. And so telling the truth to ourselves, I wrote both of the situations that where you shared relationship wise, career wise, I've experienced both of those when I just, yeah. I had this little, this little niggly, like deep inside this little mm-hmm. itch in my heart. There was something there that I wasn't wanting to admit. And it took me mm-hmm. a while to be truthful with myself. And the same thing with, I'm thinking of this one thing in business. I knew that it wasn't aligned and I kept ignoring it for various reasons. And then it started to manifest in different ways, in physical ways. There was the pain. So everything you talked about it's so bang on with what I've personally experienced that I know what other people experience as well. The question that I have for you is like, I started to tell myself the truth. Mm. And I think that it can be so freaking scary to admit and to be truthful with ourselves because we're afraid or it's overwhelming. Maybe there, well, there's probably some fear, but it's overwhelming to think about everything that has to change to honor the truth that lives inside of you. And yeah, the consequences and there's the consequences. But the funny thing is, is that when we honor our truth, it actually opens up this whole new world that we can't even really imagine exactly. or grasp. Yeah. But like, I, as you were talking, I'm like, what was that point? Like, when was I like, okay, it was just having that moment of courage. Yeah. to own my truth. 
but so I had to, I danced with it for a while, well, you okay. know? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to try to share a few stages okay, that perfect. kind of like map yes. out surrender. Yeah. What we have to realize is when we don't deal with it, we mm-hmm. think, oh, Leanne, I'm not dealing with it. I'm not going to deal with it. But we will have to deal with it. If not directly, a year from now, for, mm-hmm. we will deal with it in the form of pain, in the form of depression, in the form mm-hmm. of our life not so. We will have to deal with it. There's no way to run from it. And so I actually, I'm going to propose something a little radical. I actually think it's more difficult to not surrender. Life is more difficult to (laughs) not surrender. Even though we tend not to, Mm -hmm. it's actually harder and more difficult to live stuck and live not in alignment and live out of flow. It's harder. You know, it might be easier initially. And so here's what happens. The first thing, the first stage, we'll call it, is a level of denial. Mm-hmm. We are just living life unconsciously. Mm-hmm. We don't even know what we don't even know. We're living maybe the programming of our parents, what we've been taught. We're doing what we think we should be doing. We're maybe not even living our authentic life. So we're in denial. We don't even know that we're lying. We're just living what we're living. Then we begin to question. Okay. Mm-hmm maybe this niggling feeling you're talking about, maybe this, maybe something, something's not quite, yeah. something's not quite resonating and we don't have a grasp on it yet, but it's a feeling. This is what we tend to do is we start distracting ourselves. So I would really invite people to, mm-hmm. as much as you can, remove those distractions. I know it might be a little painful, remove those distractions as much as you can to sit with that because it's a signal. But then we move from questioning to resistance. That's the Mm -hmm. next phase. We begin to resist. (laughs) We resist because the ego, right, is now threatened. The ego is really not a bad thing. The ego is our sense of self that we have created, that we become so identified with based on past conditioning, programming, feelings, emotions, memories that we then hold onto. And we have the sense of this is who I am based on relationships, based on experience, based on accomplishments. And so we identify with all these things that we think is me. Mm-hmm. And so when we start seeing, maybe I need to make some changes in what I'm doing or how I'm living or my relationship and those things we become identified with for a sense of meanness, I-ness, mm-hmm. selfness, it becomes scary. The ego kicks in and goes, whoa, 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 whoa. Right. If I let that go and I think I'm that and I think I'm that and I think I'm that, then I'm going to die. And so the, the ego, the ego starts, starts resisting as a self-preservation mechanism. And we start preserving ourselves. And that's when the lying comes in, the distractions coming, because we're just trying, you know, there's a positive intention. And the positive intention is, is trying to keep us safe in some way and keep its sense of existence. Then we move into phase that I think you're also speaking about. We start negotiating. Right. That's, yeah. that's where it gets really tricky. Yes. Well, maybe I can keep doing this thing and do a bit of that thing. Maybe this relationship, I mean, he's got potential. It's been five years. He's, he's doing the same thing, but I see where he can. So we start this negotiation, but there comes a moment and some people negotiate their entire life and they stay in a relationship negotiating 20 years in a relationship, 30 years in a relationship. And then, you know, they're not truly alive. You can't be truly alive and fulfilled betraying your truth. It's not really possible. 
when you betray your deep, authentic truth, it's meant to be painful because it's not aligned. And so there comes a moment where we negotiate for a while and we try everything. The ego tries everything. And we begin to realize that no matter how much I negotiate, nothing will change. I'm not going to be different. He or she's not going to be different. My partner's not going to be different. My health isn't going to be different. This is what it is. And that becomes a very sobering reality Mm -hmm. where we have to face reality as it is and what's the face the music you know yeah face the music yeah face the music this is what it is and so then we move into a stage of acceptance okay acceptance is where most people kind of some people tend to get to accept what is Mm -hmm. this book's written about acceptance 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 Mm -hmm. and i think this is a good phase where you're like okay this is what it is in order to change reality you have to accept reality so this is what it is here's the thing acceptance does not equal surrender. And many times, and I'm going to share the difference, many Mm -hmm. times people think acceptance is surrender. You can be in acceptance, but begrudgingly. Right. You can be like, okay, he is what he is, but I just, and you can still be kind of mad that this is what it is. Mm -hmm. You'll deal with it. You'll, You'll be in relationship, but you're still a little pissed off, a little upset that this is what the reality is that life has maybe dealt you, okay? So it's like, let's say it's raining outside. You don't want it to rain outside. You had all these plans outside, but you accept it's raining, but you go outside with an umbrella and you're mad the entire time that it's raining outside. So it sounds like the experience that I'm having is not the experience I should be having. Mm -hmm. I should be having some other experience than the experience I'm having right now. And so that can be happening in the state of acceptance. Surrender is different. Surrender is an evolution. Surrender is, let's call it the open-hearted participation, Mm -hmm. the full open-hearted participation with the process of life that's happening, even if it's difficult. Where like in acceptance, you may not be participating. You're there, but you're not participating. In surrender, it's the full open-hearted participation with the experience that is happening in front of you right now, even if it's difficult, two things have to happen for that to be the case. Number one, a belief. This is a belief that that I've seen really helps, is the understanding that everything is always, the universe is always working for your highest Mm -hmm. good. Even if you're not able to see it right now from the level of your consciousness or the level of the mind or level of the ego, the universe is always working for your highest good, bringing you something better because the universe is always working in an evolutionary, it's always moving in the direction of growth, expansion, and evolution. So if you really understand, okay, the universe is always evolving, it's working for my highest good, that means if certain things fall apart or someone leaves or relationship ends, something better is seeking to unfold and show up. So that helps at least trust a little bit more. The other thing is when we understand that we are souls, we are souls that incarnate into this human experience, that life is really the classroom. It's a classroom Mm -hmm. for our souls. Life is a classroom for our souls' evolution. Life is a university and every experience, every relationship, every situation, every person, every difficulty is the part of the curriculum that our soul is seeking to use to evolve so that we can wake up to more dimensions, more of the deeper reality of who and what we really are. When we understand that ultimately the entire game here through this human experience is 
evolution is growth. At the end of our life, we don't take our bank account with us. We don't take our cars with us. We don't take our watches with us. We don't take nothing material with us. All we take is the evolution of our consciousness and who we became. When we really understand that, then even if a situation is challenging and difficult, then I think from that soul viewpoint, from that soul understanding, evolutionary understanding of growth, then I think we're much more able to surrender to the lesson, surrender to the relationship, surrender to the, roll our sleeves up and say, you know what, this is difficult, but I know that my soul is seeking to learn something. So let me surrender to this relationship, this experience, roll my sleeves up and what is my soul seeking to learn? Why did I check this situation into my life? How can I grow, learn, and evolve? Because the real success is not so much what happens and what doesn't happen. The real success is whether you learn the lessons and whether you grew mm-hmm. and evolved. And so long as that happens, you've won. And so between acceptance and surrender, there is a phase mm-hmm. that most people miss. And here is, I think, the blind spot that a lot of people have as to why we don't fully go into surrender. If you're in acceptance, you're not in full surrender. The phase in the middle is grieving. Mm -hmm. Grieving. Many times we resist or don't allow ourselves to grieve fully, to grieve truly, because it's scary to grieve sometimes. Mm -hmm. Maybe we're afraid to grieve because it feels overwhelming. Maybe we're afraid to grieve because we're afraid it will last forever. We won't be able to handle it. Sometimes, the sneaky way of the ego, we're sometimes afraid to grieve because, for instance, if I grieve that my mother or my father has died and I, if I really grieve them, that means a letting go of them. That means an acknowledgement that they're gone. And so sometimes we resist grieving as a way to deny reality so we can still stay connected to something or someone. But there's no true surrender without acknowledging the grief because surrender is a death. It's a death of the old. It's a death of an identity. It's a death of a dream. It's a death of something within ourselves, an aspect of ourselves. And so if you are truly surrendering, there's going to be some grief. When you don't, for instance, grieving the end of a relationship, you know, and sometimes we don't grieve it because we're like, well, if I don't grieve it, then it's not really, I don't have to acknowledge that it's really happening. And so if we don't really grieve, then there'll often be a part of our hearts that is stuck in the past that won't be fully available to the new possibility. The other reason we sometimes don't grieve is I call it a spiritual bypass. Mm -hmm. Uh, Folks that want to, okay, Leanne, I want to be in a high vibration. High vibe, high vibe, only high vibe, which mm-hmm. is, you know, law of attraction, high vibe. The thing is, with an effort to stay in a high vibe, not wanting to acknowledge what we think is the lower vibe of grief, we simply keep ourselves stuck in that old vibration and energy. And as a result, we try to move forward, but we haven't dealt with the grief that we've suppressed in our body, in our heart, in our energetic being, in our nervous system. So energetically, unconsciously, we tend to recreate situations and experiences in our life that are resonating at the level of grief. And then we just recreate more of what we actually don't want to experience in our life as a result. So grieving allows us to release, allows us to let go, allows us to expand, allows us to truly be open also to the new. 
And it's, yeah, the new is unknown. The new is, can be a little exciting, exhilarating, scary. But I really believe that when we release, to me, manifestation is not about addition. It's about mm. removing mm. and letting go of the mental, the emotional blockages that we've been carrying over time so that we can vibrate higher and so that we can truly make space for new relationships, new situations, new partnerships, new possibilities, new experiences in our life. And then we find ourselves in the flow, but grieving is a key component. That's so powerful. (laughs) That's so powerful. Thank you for sharing. And so there's a couple of trends that I'm noticing. Definitely one of the main, or at least this is really standing out to me right now, there's the truth telling and there's the feeling. And Mm. then there's the grieving and there's the feeling. And there's a lot of acknowledging the unwanted or like the quote unquote bad feelings and what's there. What advice do you have for people for being able to sit with that and sit in that? Because I think we're kind of taught to just stuff things down. And like you said, there's the spiritual bypassing if you're a part of the spirituality community and there's toxic positivity, but there's this huge part of being able to be with what is so that we can let go and call in what's waiting for us. We can let go and create the space. Yeah. It's letting go of the old. to So to be clear, feeling... And acknowledging, let's say, the grief is not wallowing in the feeling. There's a difference between wallowing mm-hmm. in something or just wallowing in victimhood about something. That's not what we're talking about. All feelings remain present until fully felt. And whatever we don't give healthy, shall we say, expression to emotionally will tend to manifest in some way unhealthily where we will find ourselves acting out in some way or depressed, as we said, or, mm-hmm. you know, this pain, in the body and some things, pain. Yeah. So, something will manifest yeah. in some way. And we just stay stuck recreating situations. And so if you understand all feelings remain present till fully felt and no feelings last forever. All feelings have a natural cycle. Mm-hmm. Grief has a natural cycle. Grief comes in waves and it doesn't mm-hmm. necessarily have a timeline. So what's important is to realize there's really no good feelings and there's no bad feelings. Feelings are just energy that give you feedback. When we shift our relationship to feelings as good and bad, and then we want to attach more to the good and get rid of the bad, which then fragments us. And when we can shift our relationship to say, okay, there's no good feelings, there's no bad feelings, there's just energy. Then what's really helpful is in terms of the acknowledgement of feelings, if you're feeling grief, I would say, try this, take the label off of it. Because sometimes we attach grief as, oh, bad, right? If you take the label off of grief and then just experience the pure energy and sensation of grief as energy in your body without label, this is good or bad, without judgment or trying to get rid of it or justification or trying to do anything, but just experience the pure energy or the sensation of what we, we call grief, you will find that as you be with it and hold yourself with it without judgment and experience it fully through your body, you'll find that it starts to dissolve mm-hmm. because no feeling lasts forever. There's no feeling lasts forever. That yeah. it, has a, it has a moment. It has a cycle. But what disconnects us is many times we think we're feeling, but we're thinking about the feeling. Or we think we're feeling, but we're judging the feeling. So we're not truly present with the real sensation 
that is the real feeling to experience that and allow that feeling to move through us and Mm -hmm. complete. And so if I'm going grief, oh my God, okay. And I might be thinking about the grief, but now I have all these interpretations and judgments on the grief. So I think I'm feeling the grief by feeling the grief, but I'm thinking about the grief, but I'm resisting the grief rather than just say, okay, let me just, let me hold myself and let me just be with the grief. Let me be with the energy. Let me be with the sensation. You'll find that the cycle then can move through and complete. And each feeling has a layer. And if, mm-hmm. as you can just be with that layer, that layer dissolves and there's huh, a bit more space. And then, okay, realizing you are not the feeling. Right? Mm-hmm. You are not the emotion. Emotions come and the emotions go just like thoughts. And as you can be with that feeling and that sensation, a cycle completes, more space. And then maybe you'll be going through your day and a few weeks later you'll hear a song, reminds you of your ex, mm-hmm. and then there'll be some tears and some. Don't judge it. Breathe, it. be with it, take the label off. Let that sensation cycle through. Another layer, move through. And then go back into your day and just go live it. And there might be another moment, you know, for an evening. You might kind of feel some emotion. You can journal through it. You can write through it. You can mm-hmm. move through it. You can dance through Whatever it helps to move through and allow the sensations to move through. But it will often happen in layers. But no feeling lasts forever. All feelings fully felt will complete and release and move through. And then there's more space. The degree to which we suppress the grief, mm-hmm. and grief, we can put any feeling in there, resentment, grief, anger, sadness. The degree to which we suppress the grief is also the degree to which we, or, or the bad feelings, right. is also the degree to which we will limit our capacity to feel the good feelings. Mm-hmm. Because the same mechanism that is feeling is the same mechanism that is feeling the, the so-called bad, which is not really bad, but it's also the same mechanism that is feeling the positive feelings. I'll give you an example. There was a moment, I mean, you said you, you heard the prologue yeah. and well, the prologue. So my mother passed away. And this is also what inspired the book in 2017. And I was grieving the entire time. I got to spend a year with my mother while she was going through chemo treatment. And I really just had to come to a place of surrender that she was going to die. And so I began my grieving process like a month or two into this year process. And each week, literally just letting her go and releasing her and feeling a layer of grief and feeling another layer. This might be the last time I ever see her. This might be the last time I ever speak with her. This might be the last time I ever hold her hand and just feeling those layers of emotion of what that would feel like, you know? And when she passed, there was a tremendous amount of grief for me, deep grief. And so sharing what I just shared, I really just allowed myself to, to be with it. And what happened for me that people will also maybe experience is as I was with the grief, the pain was deep. The pain is deep. But as with the grief and felt the grief just fully and the energy of the grief, it was like my heart broke. My heart broke. But my heart actually broke open mm-hmm. in the feeling of the grief. It's like, oh. So my heart broke open and it broke open even more through the grieving process and there was more love. So it's like my heart's capacity to love through feeling the grief and acknowledging the grief, it's like it broke open 
to a bigger capacity to love and then a bigger capacity to love. And even though it was painful in a certain way, it was simultaneously beautiful and expansive because as my heart's capacity to love, I felt more love for my mother. I felt more love for people. I felt more love for humanity. And there's a strength. This is what I want everyone to know. There is a strength that comes when you allow yourself to feel the grief. And even as your heart breaks, the deeper strength that happens through letting your heart break and the realization, the embodied realization that you're still here and your heart cannot be broken, is a deeper strength, a more grounded strength than holding it all together, trying to be strong. It's when you mm-hmm. let your heart break and your heart breaks and then you find the strength underneath that is a whole different level of inner power and strength that emerges. And so just know you're not the emotion, you're not the grief, you're not the sadness. What you are is so much more and you will make it through. I feel that. <laughs> I'm feeling it, feeling it in my body and in my bones. So I know you said surrender plus trust equals ah, magic. Magic, yes. And or surrender plus faith. I'd love to talk about faith mm. and trust because mm. that's a huge part of surrender. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, there's a can of worms. I'm just going to open it right there. You're going to open there, it. Just... <laughs> just opening it and letting it run wild. How can we start to cultivate that trust okay. or that deeper faith sure. in the process? Okay. I would just say, how can we not trust? Yeah. Let me throw the question back. Okay. <laughs> how, Let me ponder how, this. <laughs> how, I was thinking about this the other day because mm-hmm. someone asked me a similar-ish question. But I thought, how can we not trust life? Look at, look look at everything at that happens look in our bodies. We wake up. Let's we not keep... even be spiritual for a moment. Let's forget yeah. spirituality totally. and all the depth. Totally. Let's just be material, base level, mm-hmm. basic, like, Let's just, right now, you and I have been breathing. Yeah. We've been doing this interview, beautiful, without thinking about it. And breathing is happening. You're breathing. I'm Mm -hmm. breathing. Hundreds and thousands of breaths happening in a day. We're not thinking about it. We're not praying about it. We're not meditating. It's just happening in spite of us. We don't have to be good people. We're not sitting here going, Mm -hmm. okay, God, breathe, breathe, breathe. It's just unfolding. Something is breathing us. Mm -hmm. Whatever you want to call it, I don't care. But we're being breathed by something. There are trillions and trillions. And so every breath is proof Mm -hmm. that it's true. Is it not proof that we can trust, trust life, (laughs) right? You know, there's trillions of cells, trillions of cells happening, interacting inside of you. Maybe you had breakfast this morning Mm -hmm. and you ate, I don't know, I ate a banana, chopped it up, had some paleo granola. How is it that my hand doesn't turn into a banana? Like there's an intelligence inside that knows what to do. You cut your finger this intelligence inside you, it knows how to heal. How? It's an innate intelligence. You look at the sun. Has there ever been a day where you went outside and 10 a.m., midday, the sun, it was pitch black? Never. Though the sun just forgot to come out today. There's an intelligence. So I really am just saying, if we just start with, okay, how can we cultivate more faith and trust? Tune into your body, connect with your body, feel your body, scan your body, just Meditate on your body, you know, be with your body, observe its breath, 
observe your body and just develop that relationship with your body on a base level, this is freaking miraculous. Mm. This is a literal miracle that we just, you know, we take for granted. So tune into your body. Be with nature. Take time to be with nature. Look at the sun, the stars, the moon, the mountains. It's like, it's all unfolding every day. It's like the universe saying, giving us proof. Mm -hmm. Like, look what's happening. Look what's happening. Look at how life is unfolding. This is real. This is not like we have to have faith that there's a sun. It's right there in front of us for billions and billions of years. So I just say, whatever's breathing you is breathing me, is breathing 8 billion people, is breathing all of existence or breathing nature, it's breathing us all. It's living us all. So for me, it's like, let's feel that. Somehow we've lost touch with the fact that we too are a part of nature. We're a part of nature. You know, mm-hmm. we become kind of this, we trust the, and we, tr- how is it that we trust Siri? I know. Okay. More than we trust the universe, more than we trust Siri says, turn, hey Siri, okay, turn left. Oh, we turn left. We don't question. We don't say, Siri, are you sure about, turn- have you been to that restaurant before? We don't even question. Turn right. Mm-hmm. Okay. Go over that bridge. We just go. We don't question. But the moment your soul says, write that book. Write that book, Leanne. Write that book. No, uh, me. What, are you sure? So, and so I think if we could just tune in, feel the body, feel nature, be with nature, there is a harmony. You know, there is something unfolding that we may not understand, but it's, mm-hmm. it's happening. And yeah. so let's trust our souls a little bit more. Mm, I love that. Nature is such a huge inspiration for me. And really at this time of year, because I start gardening, I have an urban garden, I have a container, I have my container pots on my rooftop. And it's absolutely incredible to see how resilient the plants are, how smart I planted. um, Oh, what are they called? Snap peas. And then you just put a stick of bamboo in and it starts to curl around. Like these things are freaking brilliant. How do they know? to do this. I got fancy and I put some roses up there this year. And there was a couple cool nights. So I brought some of the roses in and I was like the crazy rose lady bringing them in (laughs) at night, wanting to protect them and keep them safe. The ones that I just left outside, they're in way better condition than the ones that I was bringing inside. And it's like, don't mess with nature. Don't mess with the intelligence of what is. And I know when I go through the ups and downs of life, I always remember the cycles. We have seasons. Seasons. We don't judge the trees. We don't say like, you stupid tree, your leaves are falling off. All of a sudden you're like, you look like this or you look like that. Like we we're so forgiving with nature and with animals and the cycles that this life goes through all around us, but we forget to apply that same compassion or just innate understanding to ourselves in the process of life that we go through. So I love that you said nature. I was also reminded of something. So I was talking with a friend. This was a few years ago. And we were talking about relationships. Mm. And he said, Leanne, I have a question for you because he knows that I love to travel. If you buy a plane ticket to Costa Rica, where are you going? I'm like, I'm going to Costa Rica. And he said, well, what do you do? Like, well, I'll, you know, book my flights, find some awesome accommodation, find that Airbnb, I'll pack my bags and you start to prepare. You don't question when I show up at the airport, I get on an airplane that says I'm going to Costa Rica and I trust that I'm going to Costa Rica. I don't 
question every little bit along the way. And so there's just something that's like, there's all of these examples in our life where we trust. If you can think of a time when you surrendered and you had the most magical experience that you could never even dream up or fathom, or that time when you did have that innate trust and look at the good that unfolded and let's start to anchor in more of those moments in time where surrender led us to this thing that it honestly like exactly our egos and our minds can't even start to compare to what is waiting for us when we actually let go and move forwards yeah i I would piggybacking i would invite people to consider when was there a moment when life didn't work out the way you thought but it worked out better you know it worked out better because i think sometimes not getting what you think you want or what you really wanted is actually grace. There's moments where maybe you've had this experience where let's say, I really wanted a relationship to work oh, yeah. out. You're like, oh my God, this is the one, Leanne. This is the, this, she's the one, this is the one. I really want this to work out. And you, you couldn't imagine it not, and then it didn't. And maybe it was heartbreaking in the moment and you didn't understand why in the moment, but maybe now looking back, you go, wow, I really wanted that relationship, that position, that job, whatever it was. And you look back now and you think, thank God mm-hmm. that relationship didn't happen that way. Thank God. So, so you know, <laughs> from, our ego, from our ego consciousness, we only see a small piece of the, the infinite artwork and tapestry of life. We don't see the entire picture. We're only looking at reality through a limited lens that is conditioned. So what we project onto reality and the meanings that we make is actually often very limited. And so one of the things I think is important to play with is to really move into flow and surrender is mm-hmm. two things. Giving up the need to understand everything. Mm. I think sometimes the need to mm-hmm. understand everything is also another mechanism of control. What does yeah. this mean? And where's this I going? Agree. And what's happening? What's happening now? Then we get our tarot cards out. Then we get our, go to speak to my story. You know, what does this mean? And we can only understand what something means from our current level of consciousness, which may not have the entire picture. And so the meanings that we make are limited. And so being willing to give up the need to know and embrace the unknown, being willing mm-hmm. to then allow life, there's a difference, us pushing life and allowing life to lead us. Mm-hmm. And I really think it's we're moving into a different way of being as a humanity. Yes. And if 2020 showed us something, we had all these plans in 2020, I'm not right. sure about you, but yeah. I had all, we had all these plans and life just going, ah, oh, just a quick reminder, you guys and girls are not in as much of control as you thought. Just a quick reminder. And so what is it to not limit life with the constant need to know and the mm-hmm. willingness then to just trust and take a step? Follow, I just tell people, Follow the deepest impulse. Follow the deepest truth that your soul is guiding. Just move in the direction of where the energy is moving. Mm. And just follow that energy. You don't have to know. You don't have to project 20 steps ahead. Just take a step and and move in a direction. Feel where the energy is moving. It's like a wave in an ocean. And just go in that direction. And then go in that direction. Life tends to reveal itself Mm -hmm. in the process of living life. And sometimes... What we think is the goal, like, oh, I get the goal. Oh, this is it, is actually not the goal. 
What we think is the goal is just the necessary puzzle piece of the journey that we had to go along so that we could evolve, meet people, learn the lessons that we needed to learn Mm -hmm. so that we could expand our consciousness, heal, transform, and evolve, and and learn what we needed to learn so that we could be more prepared to fulfill our mission and vision in this lifetime. And so I would say don't get attached to what we think something is, but be available and be open. And that's Mm -hmm. when I think we live in grace and we we live in the openness and a key quality, I would say, is curiosity. Mm, I so love really that. We live in the curiosity versus, oh, I know, I know what this is. Oh, oh, I know what this isn't. It's like, what if we were just curious? Like, huh, this is what I feel. I'm going to go in this direction and I'm going to surrender to this direction. Mm-hmm. And the key is I'm going to give my best. I'm going to give 100%. So surrender doesn't mean being lazy. You might give 100%. It might mean you work hard. It might mean you mm-hmm. give everything. But you also remain open and not attached to the specific outcome in a certain mm-hmm. sense. So there's an availability. And so then you maintain the curiosity of, huh, curious. Then there's no projection. There's just mm-hmm. an openness to saying, what is life showing me? What is life seeking to unfold? And in that availability is real surrender. Real surrender mm-hmm. also is not, oh, I'm going to surrender so that. <laughs> X, Y, Z can happen. It's like, becomes like a formulaic strategy. Totally. If I surrender, then I'm going to get exactly what I want. Right. So I'm going to surrender this so I can get one, two, three. Real unconditional surrender is I'm going to surrender because this feels really true to surrender. It feels real. It feels authentic. It feels what is aligned. I'm a little scared. I'm a mm-hmm. little unknown. I'm going into the unknown, but it feels true. And I don't know what's going to happen on the other side. All I know is this is the path. Mm-hmm. That's real surrender. So it's surrender without conditions. Let's put it that way. Surrendering without conditions, then you're living in an unlimited space. Sign me up. <laughs> <laughs> so I was reminded of this analogy and I don't remember where I heard it or where I read it, but it's around the concept of thinking like we have to understand everything and figure everything out. And I know I've gone through that stage, I guess you could say of my evolution where like 11, 11, what does this mean? What am I doing right now? (laughs) What about this? Or, you know, when I went to therapy and started diving in, I was like, I need to understand everything. everything. Why am I like this? Or why do I do this? Or why that? And you can drive yourself absolutely crazy when you get caught up in trying to understand. And I love how you said, we'll only ever understand by the level of consciousness that we are at right now. And the analogy that I was reminded of, and I'm like, damn, this is so simple and so brilliant. Let's say you can drive eight hours in the dark and you don't see the whole road. You have headlights. Let's hope that your vehicle has headlights. Otherwise, this analogy does not work. (laughs) But you have your headlights on and you can see 20 feet in front of you. And guess what? That's good enough. That's all you need to see. We become so obsessed with feeling like we need to have this all figured out or understand everything that lies ahead or that came behind us. But really, we need to be present, being present to what is in the moment. So I love that you said that. And then you definitely speak the Glojo language. So something you probably don't know is I have two taglines at the Glojo because it feels good. And Uh one of them is fuel your feel good. And Mm. what that means is paying attention to what lights you up. Mm. 
paying attention to what sets your soul on fire, and then giving yourself permission to feel it and be okay with it and start to explore it. The other tagline is fuel your flow. Because as you start to get in tune with your feelings, I'm a big feeler over here. Once you start to get in tune with your feelings and actually pay attention to them and use them as guideposts and kind of like, oh yeah, wait a minute. Oh, that's going on. And so I also Mm -hmm. love that you said curiosity because Mm -hmm. curiosity is a huge value of mine. And I think it's a really important... I mean, I I obviously value it. I think everyone should, but maybe it's not for everyone. So I won't impose my views on everyone. But I just love that you said that because I do think that allows us to be in the flow and be present to what truly is arising in that moment instead of staying fixated on yeah. how we think things should be. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Yeah. And I think sometimes, you know, if we knew everything that was going to happen and how everything was how going boring. to unfold... How, number one, how boring. Yeah. Uh, number two, some of the paths we wouldn't even go down. You know, we would never even start. It's going to be that difficult. It's going to be that hard. We're, hell no. We wouldn't even go down that path. So sometimes it's better to just not know, you yeah. know and, and trust. And I think really learning to feel life has an energy. It's like an ocean. When you're in the ocean, it has an energy. A real surfer isn't coming to the ocean saying, I'm going to bring a fire hose. We're going to make the waves, you know, hey, Laird Hamilton, let's just make, surf that fire hose wave. The real surfers go into the ocean and they, they feel the wave mm. and they're feeling where the wave is going. So they're not like uh-huh. trying to go, oh, I want to go in that direction. You might want to go in that direction and maybe you could paddle a little bit. But if that big wave is moving in that direction, it's like life, you know, the wave is moving in, in that direction, feeling that wave and then riding that wave and then aligning with that wave. That's when, when you catch the wave, the authentic wave, that's the moment to put plans into place and strategy Mm -hmm. into place and marketing into place and effort into place around the right alignment. Yeah. And that's the key. It's around right alignment. So I just want to make clear to folks, it's not just sit around, it's do nothing. No, right. it's what you're pursuing and what you're going for and what you're efforting in is aligned. Mm -hmm. And, And that's the key. So really start feeling where is the energy of life moving? Where is, that's how I ended up living in Miami. Yeah. If the universe said, oh yeah, cool. Next year you're going to live in Miami. I would have said, go take a hike. Yeah. Hell, hell no. Hell no. Hell am I going to do it in Miami? <laughs> but I just kept following the energy. So mm-hmm. the energy's the energy's moving. Ah, it's moving. And I really believe that so long as we follow the pure energy of the wave of life and our soul, we will always end up at the right place. It may not take us the route we expected, but we will end up in the right place, the mm-hmm. right people. Then we are in our flow. And I think when we're in our flow, what is truly ours mm-hmm. in our highest destiny always meets us. But when we're following a flow that we think we should be flowing, mm-hmm. or we're following a flow that is someone else's flow, we're going to miss our true path. Yeah. So for me, even my... Meditation, my affirmation has become this. It's become very simple. I always pray and intend for the highest good. That's it. Universe, okay, this is what I'm feeling. I want my book to be. I want this to, Mm -hmm. yes, this is what. And the universe, I pray for the highest good to be made manifest in this relationship. I pray for the highest good to be made manifest 
in this situation. I'll do my part. I'll do my mm-hmm. best. I'll give 100%. But whatever is the highest good, I pray for them. Then we're not attached to a limited perception. Then we truly say, I want the highest good. That is basically invoking infinite, infinity. That is invoking the highest possibility. There's no limits in that space. We're not limited to our identity anymore. We're not limited to anything in our past conditioning, the highest good. And so I think that's something that I found to be really powerful because Mm -hmm. then you're truly open to the Mm -hmm. highest good unfolding. And I think then you can rest assured that if so long as you do your part and you give everything, what happens, however it unfolds, since you've been invoking the highest good, is really meant to happen. And when I invoke that, I have found people clear out of my life. Wow. They're gone. They're gone. This is my prayer. Universe, I surrender. I ask for the highest good to unfold. I ask for the highest good in this relationship. I release and I surrender everyone that is not in alignment with my highest good. Everything that is not in alignment with my highest good, I surrender. The mind doesn't always know what the highest good is. And so when I really invoke that, I found people dropping out. I found Mm -hmm. situations moving out. But I think then we can trust that since we want the highest good, it's clearing the space for more grace can flow into our life, more blessings can flow into our life. Otherwise, we're just kind of cluttered with the old. And I think Mm -hmm. there comes a moment in our life where the life that we've created becomes a bit too small Mm -hmm. for what our soul is seeking to become. And the next level of our life requires that we let go of what's no longer resonating. We let go of what's no longer vibrating. We let go of the people and situations, there's just no longer a vibrational match and we clear the space. And when we clear the space, obviously our vibration rises, but when we clear the space, I think that is also our affirmation of our trust in the universe. Mm. And that's what we begin to attract to us. Yeah, that's beautiful. I was honestly, I was getting giddy. Like I felt this smile. I was trying, Uh I almost wanted to laugh because I could feel the truth of it. So I'm going to use this. Yeah, the highest (laughs) good. You invoke the highest good, Leanne. Watch out. I will keep you posted. I want to know what what magic happens. (laughs) Well, okay. So I love that you said magic. So here are the two things that are coming to mind. One, magic. I really want to talk about magic. The second thing, just to premise and get it out there so I don't forget, allowing, the art of allowing, because we've talked about this acknowledging, letting go, creating the space, but then it's allowing things to come through. And then I just, I love magic. And I know that when I said the magic of surrender, it's like, okay, it's a word that we can just easily skim over or it can be used. But mm-hmm. I do believe that there's so much there. And in your book, you said, I probably won't remember this exactly, but basically magic is always available for us or to us, but we're not always available to it. Yeah. And when I saw that, I was like, Damn, that's so good. I love this. I really just want to jam on this. And so what's your take on magic? Because you do, you use this word. And so I'm really curious to know. It's You know what's interesting? When I was thinking of titles for the book, I was trying to really force and come up with like, you know, really sexy titles that I Mm -hmm. thought were like New York Times bestselling titles. And I was like, just racking my brain. And it was like, the magic of surrender. No, 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 no. The magic, no, no, it can't be that. No, no, no. The, and it just, the magic of surrender. Mm-hmm. If you want the magic, 
And to me, magic is not some hocus pocus, yeah. you know, Harry Potter stuff. Magic is simply that which is beyond your ego's capacity I to imagine it. and envision, you know, not the linear like, oh, A, B, C, E is D. And one plus one is two. When we truly surrender, I think we move into a zone of infinite possibilities. Mm -hmm. Truly, we're not limited to the grid of our mind or our identity. That doesn't mean we don't have to work. That doesn't mean we can just lie there and do nothing. Mm -hmm. We're going to have to work and do our part. But when we're, when we're truly open to that bigger vision of life, that's, I think, the magic. And so when we're open, what I believe, it's a, I call it soul math. Right. Mm -hmm. Two plus two doesn't just equal four anymore. Yeah. You know, four times four doesn't just equal 16. It kind of equals whatever is necessary for the fulfillment of, of your soul. And so magic is that which is beyond what you can even imagine for yourself. That which is beyond logical mind, beyond, beyond the more like that relationship that you deeply want that you can't quite imagine because you kind of live this. Mm -hmm. But you feel like there's that big love, mm -hmm. that's the magic. And so I'm not here to tell people what magic is. I'm just saying the magic could be that big love relationship where you can truly open and surrender your heart and love without restraint. It's just like the big love that you dream of. The magic might be, you know, fulfilling your soul purpose and speaking and sharing, whatever it is for anyone, mm -hmm. that's the magic, you know. And so I think if we want the magic, we've got to surrender. But many times we want the magic, but we don't want to surrender. And it doesn't work that way. Some of us, we stay in relationships, a relationship that we know is not aligned. Maybe it's toxic. Maybe it's just blah. And then we pray, God, please send me my soulmate. It doesn't work that way. We've got to, we've got to let go. You know? So I'd <laughs> yeah. ask him, what do you need to let go of? How, mm -hmm. how much magic do you want? Is then saying, I want this amount. Then surrender to that degree. Mm -hmm. You can't manifest the next level of magic, the next level of life, the next level of you being the old version of yourself. Mm -hmm. And holding on to that which isn't working just blocks your blessing. Holding on to that which isn't working blocks the flow. And so I look at someone like a Mother Teresa. She wasn't wealthy. She wasn't famous. She didn't have 17 million Instagram followers when she started. She just followed her flow. Mm -hmm. She followed uncompromisingly her soul's truth. That's to me when she opened to the magic. She opened and said, I will follow what the deep guidance is. Universe, God, spirit, intelligence, use me. And that's also, I actually think I need to say, that I think is a code for magic. When we say, mm -hmm. okay, God, Rather than saying, this is what I want, and this is what I want, when we actually say, okay, universe, I'm available to be used by life. Use me for the service of humanity. Mm -hmm. Use me to serve my clients. Use this vessel. Use me to inspire my community. Then we go beyond our little ego selves, and we become infinitely available to say, Use me. That's when life, that's when the magic happens and flows through us because we are expanded beyond ourselves. We are surrendering beyond ourselves. And I think what life can do through us is more, is way more 
than what we can do of our own self. And look at what life did through Mother Teresa. You know, that wasn't just a human level life. That wasn't just a normal existence. But I think all of the great ones, look at Jesus, okay? And this is not a religious conversation, but look at Jesus. There's a code that he said, talk about magic, miracles, magic. Mm -hmm. Here's a guy, Jesus, who, you know, cured the blind, fed the 5,000, raised people from the dead. Miracles, magic, right? His version of magic. But he never once said, and I think this is a code to the magic. He never once said, yo, look at me. Look how great I am. I'm Jesus. I do all these miracles. You see, I cured the blind. I did this. I fed the 5,000. I parted the sea. Look how amazing I am. Here was the secret to the magic. He said, and I think this is a secret to all the great ones, truly great ones. He said, it's not I, I, limited I, Mm -hmm. that does the work. It is the Father Mm -hmm. that does the work through me. The Father, the universe, life, the divine, the innate intelligence, the goddess, whatever label, you know, that was his terminology. But he knew that of his own human personal power, there was a limitation. And so in the surrender, we open to that magic flowing through us. And then we become used Mm. and life uses us. Despite ourselves, despite our traumas, despite our, you know, quirks, despite our insecurities, life will use us. And I really believe when life uses us, that's magical. Mm. And then we really start to live the life we were meant to live, you know, and life manifests through us and then life becomes magical. And so for me, that's the invitation to true greatness, you know, like, what we're really here to do beyond just having a nice life and mm-hmm. being safe and going on a vacation, all great. Mm-hmm. But like, what is it that we're truly here to do and opening to that? And so magic is, is I think what it's about. <sighs> yeah. Wow. So I'm inspired to share something that Please. I haven't shared. <laughs> I've alluded to it in the, like previous episodes and I plan on doing an episode just talking more about this experience and how it's led me to here. But it was probably about a year and a half ago, I had a near-death out-of-body experience. Whoa. And it was what I would call forced surrender. Mm. Surrender as the last resort, not surrender as the first option. (laughs) It took me a long time to bounce back from that, the whole situation. (laughs) I won't get into the details now. Um, I'll save that for another time. But in that moment, I had no choice but to truly surrender. Mm. I had no option. I was out. And that's when I really started to notice nature is magical. I would just go out and go for these gentle walks. But I had this moment and it's one of those things I feel like I've read so many personal Mm. development books and all these different things. And people will, there's always the like crying on the bathroom in the dark moment where they, where they pray to God and then their whole life changes. And I'm like, you know, I don't know if I freaking believe that because I've had rock bottoms and I feel like (laughs) I've, I've been on my like the dark bathroom floor nights. But for me in this moment, well, it was many, many moments after, but I had this experience and I had this realization that I had been given, I felt like I had been given all these opportunities and I was just 
stuck on what my ego wanted and what I thought I should be doing. I was not paying attention to like all of the signs and the breadcrumbs of Mm. the universe that Mm. were being fed to me. Mm. And so in that moment, I had the conversation (laughs) and I was like, if I get my brain back, if I get, you know, if like all these things, I'm like, I use me, use me. I am here. Just use me. I will not waste. I will not like, I will use Mm. what's being given to me. And I wanted to start this podcast around the time when I ended up having the near-death out-of-body experience. And it's taken me about a year and a half to recover from that, go through all of these things. And it definitely, it was stripping away. It was surrender, letting go, stripping away. And I literally did have that conversation. And now I believe those people in the books more. (laughs) I mean, I'm still, I'd say like, this is the beginning of, it's the beginning of a new journey for me. And it's been a difficult experience, but Mm. it's been magical at the same Mm. time and really incredible. And so when you share that before, I would have been like, yeah, yeah. Okay. Like it sounds good in theory. I've heard it a lot. I want to believe it. And now I have this different relationship with it. And I don't know where it's going to go. I'm surrendered to where it's going. But what I know is that I'm paying attention to the little things a lot more than I ever used to. And so, mm-hmm. but yeah, like I basically had my ass kicked. Like it was surrender as a last resort and it was forced surrender. And now I'm like, oh, what if I chose surrender to begin with? Yeah. Or what if I chose surrender as a first option or even, okay, let's be honest, maybe my second or third or fourth <laughs> because I'm still learning. I, this is not fully integrated. That's for sure. Beautiful. But there is something and I notice myself making those. I'm like, wait, this is a, like, I've got a decision. I can deal with this differently. I can choose to let go of this. I can choose to trust, even though it doesn't make logical sense, but I just Mm. have this knowingness inside. And so I find that I'm starting to do this with all of these smaller things. And it gets easier when you first, it gets easier to do it with smaller things, I guess, because there's less attachment. And then I think you build, you know, you start to build the muscle and then it's just easier to trust and surrender. So everything we talked about, it's, Thank you for doing the work you do and sharing what you do and your message. And I honestly feel like I could talk to you all day. This was such an incredible conversation. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me. It's been a joy. Yeah. So where can people learn more? Where can they follow you, find you, share all the details? Cool. Yeah. The book, uh, Magic of Surrender, you can obviously on Amazon and www.themagicofsurrender.com. My main website, kublaxon.com. Uh, one of the favorite things I do is an event in Bali whenever it opens. So dot com, Instagram, mm-hmm. Facebook, I'm there. Awesome. Say hi. Let me know you uh, you heard this interview with Leanne. Perfect. Well, thank you so much. I'm going to link to everything in the show notes. I'm awesome. also going to do a book giveaway. <laughs> so check out the show notes. Check out my Instagram account for details. But I'm going to send a book. Maybe I'll send a couple because I just think it's so amazing. Oh, amazing. Um So yeah, thank you for joining me. It was so wonderful to catch up. Such an incredible conversation and just very grateful for you taking the time to be here and spread your powerful word with the Glojo community. My joy, my joy. Yeah, thanks, Coot. (laughs) So what do you think? Are you with me? Was this episode not a special one or what? I'm telling you, there's just something about the essence of this conversation I've re-listened to it. And for me, it's just this really 
beautiful, powerful catalyst and a reminder of the magic that is truly there, available for us to tap into at any given time. And it's just waiting for us to be open to receiving and to play and to dance with it. So for today's glow notes, when I was pondering on what do I want to share? There's so much to share. What don't I want to share? I want to share everything. But it would have ended up being the entire episode just recapped in the glow notes. So I am going to keep it short and I'm going to just point out a couple of the top things that really stood out to me. So get ready, get out your pen, your journal, your paper, your pencil, your iPhone notes section, whatever it is, or just sit back, relax and let this all sink in and soak in. All right, so we're going to call it overarching glow note the stages of surrendering because let's be honest even though we've just listened to this amazing episode and we're like yes let's surrender in reality it can still be difficult and so I'm sharing these steps with you because I'm a firm believer that when we have an idea of the road ahead when we're making these changes and going through these times and that what we experience is in fact normal it becomes easier or slightly less painful to make the changes. So here we go. Stages of surrendering. The first stage is denial. We're doing what we're told. We're not living an authentic life or however denial shows up for you. Maybe you hear that whisper, you know you should be doing something different, but you are choosing to ignore it. The next step is the question. You know, we start to question what's going on. Something isn't resonating. I'm not feeling in flow. All of a sudden, something feels off. Things aren't working in my favor. They're not working out the way they used to. And so oftentimes when we start questioning, we can take two different paths. So the one path is we can just start to distance ourselves from the signals we are receiving. We can ignore And honestly, that kind of loops into the denial that we talked about. The other path is that we can actually choose to acknowledge what's going on and remove the distractions. The next stage is resistance. The ego is resisting the things we identify with. The things we identify as ourselves based on our past conditionings, our memories, our experiences, this is our ego. And our ego resists change. Our ego wants to maintain status quo and it will do whatever it can to hold on to what's comfortable and what's true so that it is not threatened and it is not rocked. And so what starts to happen is that when we start seeing that we need to make these changes, it becomes scary. As soon as the awareness is there, the ego kicks in. So here's what I've done recently. I have these moments where I'm like, ah, and I know the ego is kicking in, whether it's fear or it's this or it's that, blah, 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 all the different ways it starts to kick in. I'm like, "Uh hmm, isn't this interesting? This response is happening because I'm actually moving. I'm stepping outside of the ego. I'm stepping outside of my comfort zone. I'm doing something new. I'm doing something expansive. And so 
when my old stories, when my programming, when the fears, when insert whatever it is that wants to hold me back or make me feel less than starts to kick in, that's when I know I'm like, I'm on the right path. I am on the right path. Resistance is not a bad thing. What we need to do is we need to recognize the resistance. So when we start to see that we need to make changes and this self-preservation mode or mechanism begins to kick in, just be like, it's all good. It's okay. It's okay. But then this naturally leads us to the next phase, the next stage So this mode of resistance that starts to kick in when we're making changes, this leads us to the next stage of surrendering. And this next stage is the negotiation phase. It's negotiating. Now, I don't know about you, but I feel like this is the stage where I live the most. And oh my gosh, I feel like I'm the expert saleswoman here. I will negotiate for days, for weeks, for months, for years until the cows come home. I think that's the same. Not sure what that means, actually. (laughs) Note to self, look that up. But anyway, so with negotiating, this is the next phase. And I think that there's something in this phase where surrender starts to kick in. This is where we start to feel the, I don't want to say like, huh, like deflated, but we're negotiating, we're going back and forth, we're trying to find every excuse in the book. This is where we justify, this is where we tell ourselves story after story after story. The thing is, why do we spend so much time negotiating ourselves out of our best life, out of our truth, out of our joy, out of our fulfillment. Why? It's craziness. It's actually kind of insanity if you think of it like that. Why do we negotiate less for ourselves? If you think of yourself in a situation where you're going to buy something and you're talking to a salesman, saleswoman, a salesperson, and you're negotiating a price and they're like, I'll give it to you for a thousand dollars. And you say, no, 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 that's not okay. Give it to me for $1,500. That's pretty freaking crazy, right? So why do we do this with our self-worth, with our joy, with our fulfillment, with our careers, business, relationships, happiness? It's because of all of these fears and past conditioning and all of these unspoken or crisscross conditions and ideas that we have made for ourselves. So yeah, that's the negotiating phase. So the next stage of surrendering is acceptance. Now, if you're lucky, you reach this phase with minimal debris because I think there's a difference. When we pay attention to the call and what's going on and those voices that are within Coming to a place of acceptance can be, we'll say, rather painless versus being beat down, stripped down, torn away, ripped up, whatever it is, crushed, all the different things that come to mind to get to the phase of acceptance. So when you reach acceptance, I don't want you to think that acceptance is weak, And acceptance doesn't necessarily mean surrendering. 
Acceptance is truly being present and recognizing that this is what it is. And when we can be present to this is what it is and we're unattached to the emotions, this is when we can really start to understand and accept the next phase. The next stage is acceptance. Now with acceptance, this is interesting because acceptance, there's this one part, it's like, this is what it is. You know, I need to accept this to be able to change things. But just because you accept something doesn't mean that you surrender to something because you can accept something and you can still be angry. You can still be annoyed. You can still be insert whatever emotion is going on for you. But here's the thing. If you accept something, you're not being an active participant in the surrendering of for the highest outcome for your good. Surrendering is the open-hearted participation with the process of life, even if it is difficult. It's having faith that the universe is always working for your highest good moving you in the direction, expansion, evolution of something better that is seeking to unfold and show up and help you trust just a little bit more. I could honestly continue talking forever on this, but I'm going to end this now. Thank you for tuning in. I so appreciate it. I'm going to break this episode down more on my website to stay up to date with information that I do not share on the podcast or my show notes make sure you head on over to theglojo.com and sign up for my newsletter. When you sign up for my newsletter, you'll receive insider info and you'll know where you can go to find more about this episode, this expert, all the amazing things. So thank you for tuning in. I'm so grateful for you. I really appreciate you choosing to spend your time with me and have a wonderful week ahead. Also, if this episode has impacted you, if it has left an aha, if it has given you one of those like, oh, damn moments, I would so appreciate you going to leave a review and let me know. Let me know what spoke to you. You can also reach out to me on Instagram. Go to the show notes to find out all the ways we can connect. All right. Have a good one. Bye for now. And I'll see you next week.